Well, I know we're not going to talk business, so I'll just say, go Rockets. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> we, we got, thank God, we got ten days off. <laughs> Thanks so Pray much. for Victor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Happy Mardi Gras. All right, guys, you guys got to give me a minute because that's the owner of our team in a drunken tirade, unprovoked, yelling, pray for a player that he has not yet drafted and the pick which has not yet been assigned to our team in a league that frowns upon tanking while having multiple players on your roster that are recent top-level picks and the fact that there's a chance that you might not even get said player. I'm going to address this real quick. Then we'll talk about this article that was just dropped by um, Brian Windhorst and Gavoni on ESPN um, about the preparation for Victor Wembanyama, which I think is very fascinating. But the Tillman thing, let me get that out the way. Is it a big deal? In a vacuum? No. But if you look at it in aggregate of everything else that goes on with Tillman, yeah, it just shows like the dude is just kind of winging it. It's kind of Bush League. You know that term that those old folks say is Bush League? That's a Bush League statement from an owner. That's the GM's boss that's saying that. And imagine, let me give you a scenario of what I think this is like. Imagine you're in the military, you're on enemy turf, and you're being surrounded. And you're a soldier, and you go up to your lieutenant or your general. You tell him, General, we're surrounded by the enemy. What do we do? And he looks at you dead in your eyes and says, son, pray. How does that make you feel? Does that instill confidence that the general has a plan, a way to get you home safely, a way to get you and the guys out of harm's way? No, it doesn't. So from that standpoint, yeah, Tillman saying pray for Victor after being uh, the owner of uh, pretty much one of the worst franchises as far as uh, wins and losses are concerned in the, in, the, in the last three years doesn't really instill a lot of confidence in me as an observer. And I'm sure that Jalen Green and Jabari Smith, who were just drafted uh, number two and number three, respectively, don't think that we should pray for Victor. I'm sure they want to play with Victor, but praying for Victor has a sense of desperation to it. And even though every single tanking team is desperate to get Victor Wembyama, you don't say that, man. That's a bad look. That's a bad look for the players you have on your roster because you're telling them, hey, you're not enough. You know what else is a bad look? What if you get scooped? What if you get the third pick? And a man Thompson's dad is going through social media and sees the owner of a team that could potentially draft his son saying to the fan base, pray for another prospect. It's just dumb. There's no upside to this. There is no upside to this at all. And the fact that he was clearly drunk or buzzed or whatever you want to call it and said it unprovoked is, is not a good look, man. It's not a good look. With all that said, guys, with all that said, we do need to pray for Victor. <laughs> we do need to be praying for Victor with Tillman's whatever out, uh, outside. And I'm going to have to do a whole video on what has happened to the Rockets as, as, as he's taken over the franchise. With all that said, we do need to pray for Victor because God, dog, man, this dude... He is um, something special. And I'm talking about, you know, LeBron level special. 
coming into the league, obviously different positions, but I really do think Victor Wembanyama is that special. And this article by Brian Windhorst, it's going to be in the link. So check the link to uh, get to the article um, about the preparation for Victor Wembanyama for the NBA is uh, it really puts a lot of insight um, on how special he is. And the reason you guys know I'm a very like, obviously I use a lot of stats and uh, um, you know, a lot of quantitative data to prove my point, but uh, I also try to balance it out by using some intangible things. So I got the eye and I got the, the numbers to, to back stuff up. So just like my previous video about the vets, this is not really a numbers video. This is going to be a eye video. This is a uh, I'm going to give you my insights on reading this article and from what I've seen about Victor Wembyama. Now, just reading the article, it's, it's a long article. Oh, my God, it's long. You know, um, if you're not somebody that uh, likes to read, uh, it, is, it is long. I actually uploaded onto Word. It's almost uh, over 4,500 words. Um, so it's a long article to read about a player. But man, there are so many nuggets in there about, about Victor that uh, makes you want to pray for him on your team. Um, one of the key things I did find just to get this out the way as well is something that to me is a bit concerning, but it's not a super huge deal is that um, they did mention that he had to switch leagues because on the previous league that he was on and he was on Tony Parker's team. If you guys remember, that was the whole thing. He was a guy that was on Tony Parker's team the whole uh, uh, French connection, blah, blah, blah. And the team was called Asvel. That team he was on, he actually switched to a new team, the Metropolitans 92, um, because the other team, he was getting injured and wasn't getting as much playing time. And I remember when people used to tell me about Victor early on, I would look at his stats and be like, this dude's trash. And people were like, no, 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 he's, he's, you know, he's good. He can do setbacks. I'm like, look at his numbers, dude. He's averaging like nine points and like, you know, six rebounds, something like that. Um, so looking at, at those numbers in this league that they played in the Euro League with that team um, is probably the second hardest, uh, you know, behind the NBA in the world. And um, Victor struggled in that league, even though he was younger. Um, the article says that he was injured three times and it was due to the frequency of the games that they played in that league. Another th reason that they switched him to that uh, to the uh, to the Mets, the new team that he's on was because the previous team he was on wasn't catered to his development. Um, that team was like a regular team it was like what he would see in the NBA where they were playing games on a high frequency. And these are vets he's playing with guys that some of them are NBA veterans that are, are playing overseas. Some of them are former college stars and things like that. So they all had their own individual things going on. And then um, he was just there as the skinny French kid. That's an NBA prospect. So they didn't really stop for him. And in that context, he really didn't shine as much as he's doing now. Now, the reason this is something concerning because the NBA is not going to be like the Mets. The things the Mets were doing for him, the whole team literally is built to help him shine. They're just his big uh, uh, developmental team. Even the point guard is saying, I could do more um, as a point guard, uh, you know, my capabilities, but I know the role that I have is to ensure that Victor basically gets the looks and the things that he needs done for his development. The coach, which is one of the greatest coaches um, in, in, in probably in, in their, in their country over there in France, um, uh, Vincent Colette, uh, he actually was about to uh, resign from coaching, but came in just to help develop Victor. This dude has a personal trainer. I think he has several personal trainers. He has two agents, one in France and one in, one in America in Dallas. He has a nutritionist. He has everything. He is a, to quote Jay-Z, he is not a businessman. He is a business man this dude is bringing a heat he's coming and whoever team whatever team that gets him you're getting 
the entirety of all that I just mentioned. And my biggest question off the backdrop of hearing uh, our uh, partially inebriated owner, Tilma Fertitta, spew out in a Southern slang, pray for Victor, uh, say what he said, is that are the Rockets built to even receive a Victor Wembyama? That's the question. Can we develop Victor if we draft them? If we if we were able to be blessed to be to your prayers are answered and you got him, what do we do with that? And what does that team look like? Firstly, firstly, let's get this out the way. We got to get rid of the coaching staff. And I'm talking about top to, top to bottom, because if you look at what we've done with the guys that we have now, you guys have seen my previous videos. You guys watch the games. You see how our rookies are struggling. We've seen the Jalen Greens in the corner. We've seen the comments of we don't run plays for Jabari Smith Jr. Um, we've seen the we're going to Ben Shangoon for uh, Bruno Fernando, who is no longer with the team and is probably halfway out the NBA within the next few months. We've seen it all. We've seen just all the egregious things that the Rockets have done with some of these young guys. Um, and to me, all of that comes off the backdrop of the coaching staff. And and if you want to move the blame upward to Stone for electing said coaches and allowing them to do what they do under the the uh, the uh, support of himself, because all he was worried about in phase one of his plan is just rigid asset accumulation while letting those kids fall by the wayside, in my opinion, um, without putting any veterans there to help them develop, get acclimated to the NBA, uh, you know. I know it's unrealistic to ask for Stone to resign if we get Victor because he's not. And that's going to be his basically his work of art to be able to paint. And the, uh, Victor is going to be his canvas as NBA GM because he is saying in phase two, he intends to be more uh, competitive with the team. But um, I think Coach Silas and his staff, and I mean everybody, has shown enough that they can't be trusted with Victor Rumbiyama. And when I mean trusted, you guys don't understand Reading this article, this dude is, is coming with heat, the biggest, brightest light that you will ever see on an NBA team and franchise is coming with Victor Wembyama. I've talked to people on, on in Rockets fan base and other fan bases and some of my friends uh, about this and some people even to the point where you feel that he is so important to the NBA that you would think that the NBA would try to get him to Popovich. To, a, to an organization that has a structure in place to be able to handle that type of responsibility because I don't think the Rockets have shown that ability to. So what can they do for uh, them to be able to handle a Victor Wembyama? We've already said it. You gotta get rid of the coaching staff. Step one. I'm talking about you gotta get rid of the coaching staff. You would assume that when a coach, uh, when a, a talent like Victor comes into play, then what does that bring? You're gonna bring the best coaches in the world, right? People are going to want to be the guy that has Victor. When you have that level of talent, that as a coach, basically you have the blueprint to be able to do whatever you want to do. So that's going to bring in a different tier of coaches. Without Victor, we're in a different tier. With Victor, brings in a whole different tier of coaches. So you got to get rid of where we are now. Phase one coaches got to go. Phase two, trying to be competitive. Those are the coaches you bring in. What next? Veterans, the team needs vets and they're going to need to be real creative with the type of vets that they're going to bring in because we're behind the eight ball with veterans. And this is one of the most egregious things that Rafael Stone has done 
to the to the players that we've drafted is to be able to to be to put them out into a league that is dominated by grown men put these 19 year olds into this world and told them to go swim and, or sink by yourself it's borderline abuse um, for what these these players had to go through in NBA history there is really the standard for young players especially ones drafted as highly as top five or lottery picks you want to put a good veteran structure around them to help them get acclimated and you can go watch my other video about veterans and the importance of, of multiple veterans for all the great players in the nba we didn't give them those resources we also see that we don't have some of the resources to help our players develop on the court and we're talking about things like shooting we're one of the worst shooting teams in the nba all of our players pretty much across the board are shooting worse than they are in their in their rookie years and previous years. Jabari Smith, our third overall pick, came came into the NBA being known as a, a 3 and D sniper, is one of the worst shooters in the NBA. And so bad that in the All-Star weekend, he I don't think he made a single shot outside of uh, uh, the uh, midi he hit, I think, in the skills challenge. Not one three-pointer was made by that kid in that game. So you're thinking about this. What do you need? You probably need some shooting coaches. That means Tillman has to come out of pocket to be able to pay specialists to come into the team to help Victor and the other guys reach their full potential. Another thing that is going to have to happen is you're going to have to clean up this roster. We don't have a point guard, guys. Victor Wembyama is a big. I don't give a damn how many step backs he can do. I don't care how many times he can dribble between the legs. He is a big. And as a big man, he's going to need an elite point guard to be able to maximize him. So that's going to be something that they're going to have to find immediately. You need a point guard to pair up with that kid. You need a point guard to be able to maximize him. Because you can't waste two, three years of Victor's career like you did with Jalen Green trying to get picks or trying to tank. Victor comes, tank over. Victor comes, the tank is over. It is no longer in play. You are instantly, instantly expected to be able to, to compete regardless of how young he is because one, he's your third. He's going to be your third top three pick. If you can't do nothing with a Victor Wembyama, Jalen Green, and Jabari Smith on your team, you don't deserve a franchise. So I expect coaching changes, roster changes, and Tillman got to pay some money, dog. It's a different ball game with this kid. Like, I mean, this is a guy that listens to classical music, draws, and reads books in his free time. This is a guy that is turning down sponsors and advertisers from all over the world because he wants to be exclusive. This is a dude that the moment he walks into your, your franchise, you are probably going to be one of the most well-known organizations in the world. That's the level that's coming into the door with Victor Wembyama. Now, maybe we don't get him, and that's cool. And we're going to talk about some alternates in the coming weeks. Uh, we're going to do some team builds. There's a lot of stuff I kind of want to do now that the season's pretty much over. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, what if we draft Victor? What does that team look like? I'm going to do some team builds uh, with y'all and go through our cap space and all that and see which free agents and trades that are possible there. But if you land Victor, it's a game changer because at, at the very minimum, you have that kid in-house. You could fire all the coaches. The GM could get fired. Hell, Tillman could sell the team. And you still got Victor Wembyama. So, as idiotic as Tillman's statements were, and just dumb and a bad look, 
Pray for Victor, man. Yeah, we need to because he may be one of the ways. Now, for me, you guys know if Tillman really believes uh, Victor Wembiyama is the only way for us to get back to being a good team, then we're screwed regardless of whether we get him or not. So, um, you know, obviously, even though I'm telling y'all to pray for Victor, I hope he doesn't believe that's the plan. I hope he's not that general saying that we need to pray for Victor. I hope Stone has algorithms for every possible scenario that could happen and has contingency upon contingency plans for what if we don't get Victor? What if we get a number five pick instead of a number, you know, number two or three or number one? What if we aren't the worst team in the league at the end of the year and we finish third or something and we can go up all the way to seven is he ready to trade that pick what are those trade packages who are those players that you're willing to trade for which veterans are you getting in to come i hope they're thinking about all this and aren't banking on i'm not even going to put scoot in this because i'm going to say on a 14 percent chance to land victor Wembyama. i pray that's what i'm praying for for the sake of the rockets this franchise which i love and we sit up and watch these games no matter how poor the effort some of the quality of the basketball is I pray that they have better plans than praying for Victor. We as fans can pray for Victor. We can pray for whoever we want. But I hope that the leadership in the Rockets don't have that view. But you know what they say, man. When that lick in you, that truth start coming out. That's that truth serum. So, uh, you know what I mean? I don't know, man. I don't I don't feel like I have a lot of confidence in, in the Rockets to execute the Victor Wimbiama game plan. Even if we get him. But like I said, that doesn't even matter. The dude is that good. You do worry about some of the things um, about the injuries because the NBA is not going to be catered to Victor Rambiama. Even if he comes on his team and he's the priority from day one and he will be wherever he goes, you still have to give priority to some of the other guys. Whether he goes here, if he's in uh, Orlando, Paulo's still going to need to get his and develop too. You're going to have to focus on frowns a little bit. If he goes to OKC, SGA is still there. You feel me? If he goes to Charlotte, I mean, LaMelo is still there. So there's nowhere that's going to be like the Mets for him right now, where he gets there and he from day one, the practice schedule and the games are around him. They even said that if if he uh, if, if they're playing in the in the finals or whatever in their league, because it falls around the time of the draft and or the lottery, whichever, I think the lottery in May. And, and he's he has a game that they're going to move the game so he can go to New York. See, stuff like that, yeah, that's not going to happen in the NBA. Like, you're going to have to suit up and play. And if he can't handle the workload and he starts getting injured and injured, then you know how that goes with guys like him. But they're putting every precaution in place for him to be healthy and strong. He has a good team around him, seemingly. And, man, I mean, this guy seems like the real deal. Seems like the real deal. Um, I'm not a big, like, pre-draft guy like looks into all these guys and watches all the like the college and the european prospects and the african prospects and all the people around the world and seeing how they're doing i really don't care right now there's so much going on with the nba i mean obviously like russ just signed to the clippers that's gonna be a whole nother video on itself which i think you know does impact our picks um but there's so much going on in the NBA. I really don't have time. And really, I really don't look at college until we get to the tourney. So, uh, but I did read through this article and I really like what I heard about, um, you know, what they're doing for him and his mentality. The dudes, I mean, he eats truffles. I mean, he, he, he eats truffles, man. There's a guy, he listens to classical music. I listen to classical, classical music. So to me, that tells me something. He's a thinker, like he's insightful. Um, he's not, you know, just out there trying to get buckets, right? This is a dude that understands what he's trying to do do 
And uh, yeah, I think the Rockets will be blessed to have him. And I hope that we can pray for Victor. I just hope that Stone and and uh, and uh, Tillman Fertitta, uh only strategy is not to just pray for Victor. So y'all, let me know what y'all think, man. Do y'all do y'all think Victor is the real deal? Do you think he's the guy? Do you think he's the one that? Um, everybody is pointing out to be. I know some people are skeptical about players with his build, you know, because obviously history tells us the injury bug is going to be a thing. And to me, his history tells us that too. So do y'all think that is something to look out for? I mean, the medicine nowadays is better. Medical attention uh, and treatments are better and there's more science behind keeping guys healthy. Um, but yeah, y'all let me know uh, in the comments. Definitely holla at me. We'll, I like to discuss this out with, with the fan base. Uh, what do y'all think about the article if you've read it? What do you think about Victor as a prospect? And do you think that he fits into Houston? Obviously, like I said, in the future videos, I'm going to be doing some team builds um, and we might even do one live, but just to see some different iterations of the Rockets. But, you know, as you guys already know, we're going to try to keep y'all entertained with this heat that we drop at the Chop Shop and y'all keep rocking with us and we're going to keep rocking with y'all and we're going to keep dropping that fire.